O thou that inhabitest eternity, thou that dwellst in a holy, high and holy place, but also with him that is lowly and of a contrite spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and the humble, and to revive the heart. This we pray, O Lord, also in this afternoon hour, that thou bless unto us the good and holy word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'd like to read and meditate with the Lord's help out of the Word of God as found in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. The first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 16. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in shore store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, them will I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. And if it be me that I go also, they shall go with me. Now I will come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia, for I do pass through Macedonia. And it may be that I will abide, yea, and winter with you, that ye may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. For I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permit." But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Now if Timotheus come, see that he may be with you without fear, for he worketh the work of the Lord as I also do. Let no man therefore despise him, but conduct him forth in peace, that he may come unto me, for I look for him with the brethren. As touching our brother Apollos, I greatly desired him to come unto you with the brethren, but his will was not at all to come at this time. But I will, he will come when he shall have a convenient time. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. Let all your things be done with charity. I beseech you, brethren, Ye know the house of Stephanas, and that is the first fruits of Achaia, and they, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. That ye submit yourselves unto such, and to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. I am glad of the coming of Stephanas and Fortunatus and Achaius, for that which was lacking on your part they have supplied. 
for they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore acknowledge ye them that are such. The churches of Asia salute you. Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord, with the church that is in their house. All the brethren greet you. Greet ye one another with an holy kiss. The salutation of me, Paul, with my own hand. If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema maranatha. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> this letter to the Corinthians, it says here, was written from Philippi by Stephanas and Fortunatus and Achaius and Timotheus. It was a very moving letter, especially when we read the first part, when the Apostle Paul addresses very necessary things to them to call them to order, to repent of some of the things that were going on in the church. And now he concludes the letter with this uh, chapter or this portion of that we read and reminds them about the collection of charity for the poor saints at Jerusalem. We too have from time to time uh, collections when, like lately, there was a calamity in, over in Europe, in Serbia. And there are needs. And these are pleasing unto the Lord when we, out of, out of a free heart, gladly do help those that are in need. The word says that we should do good unto all men and especially to them of the household of faith. We are, in a way, we are blessed here in this country. We have had a famine. Most of us have jobs. We have more than our basic needs. We have more. And if we have more than our basic needs, in a way, we are rich. And it's not wrong to be rich, it's what we do with those riches. The Lord in his word tells us that it's blessed, it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed. Both are blessed. It's blessed to be received when there is a need, but it's, the word says, it's more blessed when we give. And if we can do that out of a free heart, there's a great blessing upon it. It has, in the past, it has moved sometimes people that were perhaps critical toward the church to a softer attitude and maybe even made them think about why is it done you know, that somebody that may not even be related but does good unto them. So it is a ministry. Giving is a ministry in the things that the Lord has entrusted to us. And if we do it freely, we are going to be happier. We are going to be uh, more blessed than if you hold on to things. To hoard things here. In, in Proverbs, we read, you know, those that hoard up things 
how will they know how those riches are going to be used? We're going to be leaving everything here. And really, only those things that we give away gladly, they're going to be blessings that are going to be with us. But if we hold on to things, we're going to lose them anyway. When I think back, you know, some of us, or quite a few of us in the old country were well off and lost everything, escaped, so to speak, just with what we had on our bodies. And some even lost loved ones, even lost loved ones. I'm thankful that my immediate family, we did escape all alive. My grandfather died of hunger in a camp, in a concentration camp. And we were well off. But, you know, when you can be free of these things, that your heart doesn't hang on it. Using the things for what they're meant to be used and not hoarding them, not abusing it. I remember an elder saying, yes, the Bible says about that we lay up for our children. But that elder in his wisdom said he's not going to give his children much while he is alive. They have to learn to work. The Bible encourages us that we should work with our own hands so that we are able to sustain ourselves and help others as the opportunity is. And there are many opportunities. We don't promote laziness. The Bible even says that he that doesn't work shouldn't eat. That is, one that is able to work and doesn't has the opportunity to work and doesn't do it. He says he shouldn't even eat. And one that does not provide for his own family, the word says, is worse than an infidel, is worse than an unbeliever. So there is a witness in it. And we need to be careful. Here, it was known there was a, a, a famine in, 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 in Jerusalem. And I think it was even prophesied by one of the prophets, Agabus. And the brethren determined everywhere that they would help out the poor brethren in Jerusalem. And that was the occasion too. And it mentions that about going to Jerusalem. <clears throat> and that's why he says, I have given order to the churches at Galatia, also so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in shore, store, as God has prospered him, and there be no gatherings when I come. This is not the so-called uh, almsgiving on the spur of the moment. That has its place too. When we see a need or we approach to a need, we should be willing to give. But if that need again comes up, we should find out what is the problem. Because there are many in this world that abuse the, the free giving. There are many. And people know where to go. They go to churches to, to get help. And if we find out again and again a need, we should examine what it is. What are we giving? We should give wisely. Yeah. There is a place to give when we don't know on the spur moment. But here it speaks about gathering. As 
The Lord has prospered us. We know how he has prospered us. We should decide how much we lay aside. He says, as the Lord has prospered him, uh, to lay by him in store, and that there be no gathering when he, when he comes. He didn't want to be there to have to tell them again you know, that they should. They should do that beforehand. For the Lord, the word says, love it, a cheerful giver. I'm reminded at the time when they were building the tabernacle in the wilderness, and the Lord moved them that they gave so much that it came to a point where they said, tell them now that they should stop bringing. Because there was, they had a heart of giving. But wherever, wherever money changes hands, there is also the temptation. There is the temptation. The Bible goes as far as saying, the love of money is the root of all evil. At one time, I, I didn't know how to quite to take this. But the more I see in this world, I see money and what it stands for. The love of it is the root of all evil. Because money gives power. Power to corrupt, power to buy out, power to pay off people. The love of it, the Bible says, is the root of all evil. And how we handle money needs to be handled carefully. And that's why it is here, it says, when I come, whomsoever you shall approve in your letters, with the letter, whom you approve, them will I send to bring your liberality, I mean your free giving, under Jerusalem. And even the Apostle Paul didn't take that upon himself and say, well, I'm the Apostle of the Gentiles, you know, you trust me, I'm above suspicion. No, no, he says, whom you approve to send me, with me, that you go with me, whom you say, so that things, then he adds even in the epistle, says, to prove things honest, not only in the sight of God, but also sight of men. Because God knows, and we can claim, yes, God knows I'm honest, I'm not, not uh, <clears throat> taking any of it for myself secretly, no. God knows. Nobody can fool God. He knows. But it's also important to prove as much as possible things honest in the sight of men. And that goes also when the money is handled in the church. The record is kept. And those that are entrusted, there should be at least two to look after those things. Proving things not only proving things honest, not only in the sight of God, but also in the sight of men. And anybody that has embraced the truth and become a child of God, he knows that there's nothing that can be hid from, from God. And that's why there goes a special responsibility, especially to the members, when it comes to money. <clears throat> then the Apostle Paul tells him of some of, uh, of his plans, where he was going to go, and he purposed. And, you know, sometimes the Spirit convicted him to go to a certain place and go there. Sometimes the Spirit forbade him to go to a certain place. Other times he purposed and planned. And he said, if the Lord will. And that should be also our attitude. 
we should not ascribe to God anything that we decide right away unless we have really prayed and have a deep conviction that it is so. Because when we ascribe anything to God, say the Spirit told me, it's like saying this is above discussion. I don't need your opinion. I don't need your advice. This is sort of cutting it off when we should seek advice and counsel from one another. But the Lord is going to prove whether he really whether he really directed it that way. That's why James says in his epistle, says, don't say that we go from one city or to another city and there we'll make gain and work and so forth. If the Lord will, if the Lord will, if he allows, we have this in mind. Lord willing, we are going to visit Kitchener tonight for area sing. And we'd like to take your greetings. No, things like that. That should be the speech. Because whatever we say, we should always give room that God you know, can direct, God can bring to pass. We cannot be for sure when we decide on something. We cannot be for sure. If God allows, if he permits. Stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men, be strong. It's so important in these times that we live to stand to know what we stand for, to know what we believe, to know what we promised on that day, and that by God's grace we are able to keep it also. It's so important to stand, beginning in the family, that your children know where you stand on, on issues, you know, and when the opportunity is also to tell others, tell others. So that's why our interaction can be so much freer because we know what we have promised. We know what we believe. We don't have to make excuses for the things that we believe. No. And it's good when we can come to a unity of the Spirit to be of one mind, to speak the same thing. The Bible says this is what is going to convict people when they come, when they see there is unity, when they see that they speak the same thing. And we need to be careful we need to be careful because at all times we are witnesses, either good witnesses or poor witnesses. Let all things be done with charity. And charity helps us so much to overcome situations which otherwise would be difficult. For love's sake, the Apostle Paul, when he entreated uh, Philemon, for love's sake, no, I could, I could tell you do this, but for love's sake, he made it much easier for him. What love will not do when we consider the love of Christ, what he has done for us, and the love that has been shed abroad into our hearts, that we should not hinder it from passing it on. For love's sake, things will be much easier to be done. But if we are, if we have to be told, if we don't like to, no, or we feel that, no, who are you to tell me? That makes it more difficult. But for love's sake, things go much easier. And he speaks about Stephanas, who was sent with this letter, actually, who is the first fruits of Achaia, and we understand that he was one of the first Christians in that part of Greece, Achaia. And the words that he used there, there, 
and they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. You will, you know, you can be addicted to things, and usually it's bad to be addicted to things. But addicted to the ministry of the saints is a good thing. It's an honor to God. It's a blessing. And there are those that that just do because they want to do it as unto the Lord. And we are the beneficiaries of it. And it's a great witness, a great witness. I can think when I, in my unconverted state, I knew some people, by seeing them, I knew they really meant what they did, that they spared not effort in the things that they did. There was just no other explanation. And they come to mind when the Bible speaks in this portion about they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints, ministry to the service of the saints. That ye submit yourself unto such, unto everyone that helpeth with us and labored. There is much to be done. You know, if we have to be told, do this or that, then we already missed out. If we look, you will find so many things that need to be done. Usually, we know quite well what needs to be done at home. We would like to be, this to be this way, this to be that way, and so. But this is your church. Do you see needs there? Things that need to be done? Are you waiting for somebody else? Are you waiting for the, a committee to decide things? Or is it something that you can do? Certainly, there are things which should be decided by the committee. But there are so many things which can and should be taken care of just by noting them and doing them. And we're going to be blessed by it. As unto the Lord. It mentions here still, All the brethren greet ye one and... All the brethren greet you. Greet ye one another with an holy kiss. That's one of the few things that we were told in the Bible that we should hold. Sometimes it comes up the question of those that are unknowing or ignorant, shall I say, you know, that we are being accused of being a cult. I've heard it this past week. A cult is something that's done in secret, and that's why it's occult then, done in secret, initiation things, uh, you know, degrees of, of, of knowing things. No such thing. Here is our guide. Here is the word. It's open. It's open. There are certain things that we do among the members just, like the Lord's Supper, or if there is a members meeting to make a decision. But otherwise, you know, there's nothing hid. There's nothing hid. And to greet one another with a holy kiss the Bible says, is the proper way to greet brothers. Of course, we have to, and sisters among sisters, of course, we have to be careful nowadays because it can be misconstrued, especially if it's done outside the church. So many things which at one time were held holy and good have been perverted in this world, and we need to walk wisely of how we do those things but it is proper for brothers to greet one another with a holy kiss. If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema maranatha. 
If I understand that right, I think the translation means the Lord comes soon. Anathema is a curse. Cursed. If anybody doesn't love the Lord, let him be accursed. The Lord comes soon. Maranatha. We see the signs. We see the signs. Let's make sure that we stand in the faith, the things that we promised, the things that we hold, that we agree on, that we uphold them also. And the Lord bless his word and us. To him be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen. This morning we were reminded that God is no respecter of person, but in every nation, those that fear God and do righteousness are accepted of him. And we need that. We need that, especially when it comes to money and handling money. We need to be reminded of the fear of the Lord, that we don't pull anything over, that we are just open like an open book, there's nothing weird. If you settle that in your heart, you will find it much easier in the decision to do. But it should not remain there. If your motive can be the love of the Lord, because he has done this all for us, it's a much better motivator. But while we are human here, we need to be reminded of his fear as well. If we do his will, our love for him is perfected and casts out fear. May the Lord bless his word. To him be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen. This concludes our service.